0: Yes, people, what's happening? And welcome to the Frankie Allen
1: podcast. Frank, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thanks, looking forward to this. This is in our new studio, which people might be looking at is saying, well, you know, is Frankie a millionaire? Is he, like, is his studio on the border of Switzerland and Austria? Or is it on the border of, like, Canada and the US? Or on the border of Monaco and Monte Carlo? No, actually, this studio is in my house. The house is on the border of Norris Green and Walton in
0: Liverpool. <laughs> nice one, nice one. To anyone who doesn't know, a lot of people say Frank is a wool. I get
1: those comments a lot, trolls. Well, I've never heard anyone calling me a wool. I live in Liverpool. I've never lived outside the city boundary. Whereas you've never lived in Liverpool, you've always lived outside of the city <laughs> oh, boundary. You come under this fucking Sefton thing, which is like a terrible woolly back <laughs> Fuck off. council. Um, you're lucky that you teach, you know, that you speak Scouse because, like, oh, you with me a lot of times when you're the kid. But most of the people up where Will lives talk like half Scouse, half, like, form. But then they go, I'm going down the road today. Going down the road. Oh, nice and you can
0: fuck off, first of all. But secondly, I have heard a lot of Will people... Will is a wolf, actually. People are saying Frank. Will is a wolf. Frank's
1: from Norris Green. Uh, he's actually from Runcorn. I'm not from Runcorn. I've always lived in a city centre... Always lived in Old Swan, Weber Tree, Kensington, never lived anywhere. The only other place that I ever lived, really, um, I, well, never lived anywhere in Heighton and Bootle. You know, I've lived everywhere inside of Merseyside, not outside, like, uh, a terrible wool, which is wool. Is
0: a well, term, what a wool. we need to do, obviously, there's going to be people all over the UK watching and listening to this. Can you explain
1: what a wool is? A wool is a term, it's kind of like a woolly back, and it was actually derived from the dockers that used to carry sheep on the backs, carcasses of sheep that still had the fur on, the wool on, and used to get wool on the backs, we're called woolly backs. But over the years, it's evolved to mean anyone outside Liverpool who kind of looked at, well, the Scousers looked down on a little bit, like kind of people in Wigan, maybe St. Annas, the talk, you know, very Lancashire, so they're called Wolves. So if you live in Liverpool, you're a scouser, you don't yeah, even but what we, we, You know,
0: look, if you're a scouser, please comment below. What is, where does the wool boundary
1: end? The wool, uh, uh, are you oh, saying? <laughs> go on. Anyone can be a wool. I mean, I've been with mates from Liverpool. I've been up as far as Newcastle and Sunderland. And I've said, there were a good crowd here tonight. And I said, on the way home, they've gone, yeah, they were a good crowd considering they were Wolves." Who said that? Will they am 30 years ago. How do you know who said that no, now? I'm just curious. How can I remember? I can, I people call people outside Liverpool wolves. Got you. Didn't you know that? Nice one. So
0: look, look. if you're watching, obviously you've seen the new podcast set up and where we are. If you are listening, I'll just give you a bit of a background on like what this is looking at like right now. So I'm getting some work done on the house. We're deciding to do this podcast today from Franks. He's laughing his head off because... How long has this taken me to get ready?
1: Well, it's got like obsessive compulsive or some fucking thing like Raynaud's disease. He's got a mad thing where he's like, he's mentally insane. And it's took him like all day to do this. And he does one thing and then he goes, oh no, now we need another light. So we get the other light and he goes, now we need the volume. Now we need, can you move? I'll move this over here. Move that down there. I need the camera. Oh, it's not in focus. Turn that light off. Let's pull the blinds. And he keeps thinking... His mind is keeping of different thousands of things to do till in the end, like two hours has just gone, doing nothing.
0: (laughs) Nice one. So anyway, we've got it all set up in the end. Frank's actually come up with this ingenious way
1: to house the microphones uh, in a button on the couch. In one of the buttonholes on this Chesterfield. We were trying for ages to kind of like get these tripods and stands set up and it wasn't working, I just went like that, you know. Intelligent, clever So just put it in the buttonhole in the chest field. it works great. Nice one, so if you're listening, we've
0: got me and Frank sat opposite each other. Hopefully it's a little bit better because we felt like we were sitting next to each other. Like,
1: But Will's, we couldn't one. do it in Will's. Ideally, ideally, we normally do it in Will's most of the time, but he's getting a bit of building work. In fact, when Will was leaving, um, Crosby before, when he was leaving Woolland, <laughs> Uh, two horses and a cart pulled up with some building material for the house in mm, Woolland. Fuck off. So anyway, we're sat on two red leather Chesterfields here in
0: Franks and Walton. We've got a nice array of pictures behind us. Frank, so
1: four pictures behind you, right? One of them is of, of Elvis. Are you a big Elvis fan? I'm a big Elvis fan. Elvis, uh, he was died on the 16th of August, didn't he? And I was in Ibiza when he died in 77 I remember feeling very upset very sad i'm a big elvis fan and uh, a lot of people may not remember but when he died different like trolls well not trolls then but different radio djs went on the radio and were taking the piss out of elvis and a few of them got like filled in when they finished work people were waiting for them outside Why, to he give them that- a belt because people idolized elvis madness so we've got elvis here we've got two gangster Pictures, which... Marlon Brando. First one is The Godfather, yeah. Got The Godfather. We've got this picture here of um, the Goodfellas, which is a great favourite film of mine, one of my favourite movies. What about Marlon Brando? It's a similar thing. Similar thing. He played The Godfather, didn't he, obviously. And then this one is... I don't really understand that one. It's Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. If anybody can remember the fun pubs in the 80s and 90s, they were um, fantastic venues for a comedian to work... They were a big room, huge room that held three or 400 people. They had a cross-dress, a transvestite gay DJ on, which people used to flock to see because in those days it was very, very unusual. And they'd have all the makeup on, people would be staring at them. They couldn't believe, you know, anyone at the time was doing that, whereas it's very common nowadays. So you had the DJ, who was normally like, a, you know, a cross-dress, gay DJ used to attract people in. He'd have dancers on the bar. You know, girl dancers, strippers, you'd have male dancers on the bar. They used to play this kind of crazy music, you know, kind of Sinita, macho man. And they were the first people of fun pubs to play the village people, YMCA, which was all kind of disco gay music. That's where it all evolved from. Came from Studio 54 in New York and they always had kind of a comic on, and it was great for comedians, because the crowd were all young, they'd all stand in front of the bar, and you went on, on the bar? I, I used to get up on stage on the bar, entertain people. You only had to do 20 minutes, because there was that much to do during the evening, that many different things on. You know I many times I was on with a fella called Ronnie Gastric. and what he used to do, Mr. Methane, his name was, and he got a tube. Now, don't forget, this is like 86, 87 but I'm not sure if people go for it nowadays. Yeah. But people used to flock to see him, and what he used to do was get a tube with methane, which is this gas thing, stick it up his ass on the stage, and then he'd fart and he'd light it, and the flame would shoot about 20 feet across the room. And then he used to like play tunes with the methane, farting with the mic and do all this crazy stuff. It lasted about half an hour, yeah. Was he famous? Famous around the clubs called Ronnie Gastrick. Now, he was very good, and he was very kind of like popular on the clubs in those
0: days. I I might be looking too much into this, like I usually do, but is his name Ronnie Gastrick as though gas-trick?
1: Yeah, as though he was doing a (laughs) gas-trick. Okay, yeah. And his name, his his real name, or the name he used was Mr Methane. Yeah. Then he had a fella called... um, What was the guy's name? Hunter. I think it was from Yorkshire. I think it was Ronnie Hunter. And what his act was, I think he's still going now. He used to come in to the club, into the fun pub in a coffin. He'd be in this coffin and he'd get like four lads used to work with him. They'd carry him in. It was a horror story and uh, like a horror show, you know, Hunter's horror show. And what he used to do, believe it or not, he had this fucking snake, this horrible snake, Like a cobra or something, this huge snake. Real one? Yeah, real one. And he had it in the coffin. Now he'd walk, get out the coffin, all this music was on. He'd walk over to a young girl or a lad, pick them up, throw them in the coffin with the snake in, put the lid on the coffin and sit on it for about five minutes. (laughs) And then when he'd take the coffin out, the girl jumped out actually screaming a fucking head off and running round the room. And you know that was kind of what what they thought was entertaining at the time. Was that someone out of the crowd. I don't think. Yes, yeah, someone out of the crowd, like random person. Don't think they get away with it now. There'd be a lot of trouble over that. They get think, sued. I don't think they'd get up away with someone putting a fucking tube up his ass in the middle of. The you day. wouldn't get away with it now. Don't forget this was in the eighties. Yeah. So it was a lot more kind of relaxed. You, so could, it's tell- you could say anything you wanted to. You could do anything you wanted to. So uh so yeah, tell, it was tell great. us about Planets of The Apes thing. The Planets of the Apes. I was in a place in Colchester, which is near Warrington, and it was called the club was called Rakes in Colchester, R A K E S, and it was a fun pub. I've done it many times. Now, on the walls, they had all these pictures that I've got here of comics. You know, like science fiction comics, uh, Planet of the Apes. They're all co- comics. And uh, if we're looking around the room, on here, looking around the room, there's one here got? over marble. The Incredible Hulk. Mm. So they were all over the room, and the guy that was running the place at the time, he was redecorating, and he was getting rid of all these pictures. And I thought they were fucking great, and I still liked them. So I asked him, could I buy them off him? So I bought them off him, and I put them up here. So this one here, Planet of the Apes, I got that in '87. So what's that it's like, thirty-five years in it? Thirty-five years.
0: Thirty-three
1: years. Thirty-three ago. years ago. So. I like it, you know. It's kind of like dead show businessy. I've got all around. You we'll can't have, really we'll have see. To do a
0: house tour one day.
1: Do a house tour all around the room here. We've got a picture here of all the top boxers in the world. the collage. Muhammad Ali, Kenny Norton, Joe Frazier, all the world champs. Marvin Agler, different weights of boxers. Roberto Duran, Tim Witherspoon, who's a good mate of ours. Over here, I've got a picture with me and my mate Jimmy Price. Um, Commonwealth gold champion, world champion boxer. Got a picture of Will when he passed out from the lipper, Paul McCartney College in Liverpool Philharmonic, getting his diploma off Paul McCartney. So we we'll try and keep it all kind of show business Over here there's a picture of me, with uh, a mate of mine, Dino, and Julian Lippman, the actor, are still from the movie we were in. Is he a big deal, Julian lipman Julian Lippman's a big deal a movie we were in which was filmed in Liverpool called Al's Lads and I was in that film. I played Al Capone's bodyguard. Whoa, so- whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: wait there. We're going to have to stop on that one and go off on a tangent. So yeah. there's, people won't be able to see this either on the video or the podcast, yeah. clearly. But there's a huge fucking picture above Frankie's fireplace in his house when you walk in, yeah. which is basically three gangsters and Frank's playing one of them. He's got a huge gun in his hand. Your actual mate Dino is on the other side, isn't he, with a
1: huge... Yeah, he's got a big cunt. And who's the guy in the middle? The guy in the middle is Julian Lipman, who's quite a famous actor, really. Now, it was an international film, you know, it won something at the Cannes Film Festival, 2001, and it went on general release what in was it, North what was America. What was it called? Called Al's Lads. Yeah. And it was a story set in the 20s, uh, two Liverpool kids who go over on the Queen Mary or whatever, to new york and they get involved with al capone and one of them was a boxer and al capone and his cronies kind of back him to uh, t- to fight for the world championship and uh, it's it was a great movie and i was kind of like really pleased really kind of proud that i was in it and it was a strange kind of quirk of fate accident that i got in the movie anyway because i went along there as an extra and they had about an extra about 100 extras um for the crowd scenes and the guy who's the producer, can't remember his name, and the director came over to me and said, Look, um, I know you're a comedian, they knew me a little bit, you know, and they said, but you really look like a fucking um you know, American Italian American gangster. And we'd like to put you in the movie, could you talk a little bit? And they put me in the movie as Al Capone's bodyguard and uh Dino was a good mate of mine, he is like Italian anyway, Italian, they got him in as a a gangster as well. So we got picked, the two of us got picked from 100 extras because we looked like real-time gangsters. So that picture in the back of an American car uh, from the 20s is us with two Thompson submachine guns. Madness. So um, have you watched that film back? Have I watched it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. If anyone was watching it, it would be hard to find you in the film, though, wouldn't it? It's like, it's. Well, look, clip. it's
1: like anything else. Anyone who's ever been in a movie, a lot of people... It's heartbreaking, really, because just, for instance, the scene I was in, I'm in the back of this American um, car from 1928, really authentic. I don't know where they got it from. It was filmed outside St George's Hall in Liverpool, which was supposed to have been doubled as City Hall in Chicago. They had a big American flag outside. They had a guys dressed as American cops walking up and down. Everyone who was in the crowd scene was dressed authentically as 1925, 1930. I was in the back of the car doing this scene with Al Capone, spoke in it. Dino was in the back of the car. They had a fucking big rain machine making it rain It took two days to film it. I ran out to the back of the car because his son had been, Al Capone's son had been held to ransom. I was delivering the ransom. So I ran up the steps of the city hall in the fucking rain to shout to this guy, drop the money, drop the money. He dropped the money and I pulled the gun out and Al Capone shouted, no, Frankie, no. And I got shot. It was a fucking great scene. I thought, I can't wait for it to go on the pictures yeah. because everyone that sees it will recognise me in the movie. I'll get all my birds that I used to go with, all my ex-birds be phoning me up, trying to get back with me, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I'll be going out. Everyone will be shaking me hand. i will be famous birds will be on my case. Yeah. No, no, no. They cut the whole fucking scene out. <laughs> so when I watched it, i will let oh. you know that? no it's just that they're just crazy these film people when they make a film the film runs for about an hour they film about three hours yeah of stuff and then the editor they just look and they go drop that scene and yeah. it may have taken a week to film it with thousands of people involved so the scene i was in they just dropped it it was heartbreaking so this was actually a still this is, all I'm left with. I managed to get hold of a still, an outtake from the film, black and white. Yeah, it's a cool picture. That to be fair, so uh... so that was kind of like it was it put me on a real downer. And then when I actually got shot on the steps of St George's Hall, which was supposed to have been the city hall in the United states, I fell, really fell, and cracked a fucking rib. So I was sick for about two or three days after that, you know. So put an awful lot into it, and it got fucking deleted. So,
0: yeah, I'm going to have to keep going on a tangent about these photographs because I'm looking around Frank's room now. What have you got? There's a picture on your mantelpiece of just you and Frankie Fraser together.
1: Yeah, well, Frankie Fraser, if anyone can remember him, was a London gangster. And he was a kind of a hitman for the Kray Twins in the 60s. And uh, I got to know Frank because he was going around the country doing his speeches. (laughs) You know, he raised a lot of money for charity. When he got older, he'd done 40 years in prison and um, for certain things, which I wouldn't like to go into really. he done his time in prison. He came out and he went round the country raising money for children's charities mm. and I got to know him and he liked me. And uh, when he came up to Liverpool to do some shows, he always kind of stayed here which was a good thing in a way, but it was also a bad thing because Cos he stayed here and he was like uh, Britain's biggest gangster. And I got to know him. We used to do a lot of shows in Kirby for a good friend of mine, Tommy Nash. He stayed with Tommy Nash one night, but he stayed here a few times because I got to know him. I must've been put on some kind of fucking list because every time I went out after that, the police used to follow me and stop me. So, and then one night I was talking to you, I was in Yorkshire, talking to you on the phone. And I said, all right, well, how's it going, son? What have you been up to tonight? The next thing is everything I said got played back to me. So I must've been getting fucking filmed and tape recorded and whatever by the police. And for no reason really, other than I was a friend of Frankie Fraser, but it was a friend of Frankie Fraser because I worked with him. I got him a lot of work. So what was the sketch? He used to be what, like the
0: headline ticket seller on the show and you'd be like the
1: comedian on the show? They used to come, people used to come, Manchester especially, Liverpool, all the working class areas to see Frankie Fraser Mm. because he was a living legend. But he was a gangster, a real time gangster. And uh, some of his stories about the robberies that he'd done and things were dead funny. But I knew him only because I worked with him. When he finished doing his spot, I went on after Frankie Fraser and told some stories, some gags. So I got to know him that way. And because I got to know him that way, sometimes he'd say, I'm going to Liverpool. He was staying in a fucking hotel. I'd say, Frank, don't stay in a hotel, stay with me. So he stayed with me and he was a good lad. You know, he was quiet and he was old and he was 70 odd then. But I think he was under surveillance because in 1991, he got shot in the head and he always claims it was the police that shot him and all that, so a lot of stuff was going on. But from my point of view, you know, I wasn't bringing him here to fucking bump someone off. I I was working with him, so he just stayed with me and I took him as I found him, which was, just took him as a good lad. What was he like? All right, He's a great guy and the only thing is a bit unnerving. He didn't sleep because he'd been locked up for 40 years. He used to walk round all night. And so I'd be in one bedroom, he was in the other. And I was trying to get to sleep, but you could hear him kind of walking round. Didn't sleep at all. He didn't sleep at all, no.
0: Fucking hell. So, yeah, um, right, That that's us done on the Frank's house stuff. We will put a whole house tour out of Frank's house. We've opening. got to,
1: because there's loads of stuff in here. I mean, every picture has got a massive story behind it. There's a story of me and you in a gig. Don't remember where that was. That's it. That picture's in there. Uh, there's a great story Norwich. of me and Roberto Duran the Panamanian world champion boxer on the mantle there, on the mantelpiece. And I got to know him as well. You know, he was a good lad. He came along. I'd done a show with him and his son and uh, got speaking to him in Spanish, got on great with him and got speaking to his son. And uh, his English was quite bad at the time. So his son had to translate for him. So he'd done a little bit of that. But I managed to like ask him a few questions in Spanish and uh, I translated it into English for the lads. But I'm sorry I've done it in a way because when I was speaking Spanish, I think a lot of the lads couldn't, not they couldn't handle it, just thought it was a bit strange, you know, because they'd already been on telling jokes and things. A lot of people kind of recognize you as doing one thing and they don't think that you can be multi-talented and you can do two or three other things. But it wasn't like posing or anything. I was only speaking Spanish to him on the mic. I As asking him questions so the lads could understand it a little better.
0: Nice one. So, yeah, um, let's talk about what's been happening today. So, fill us in
1: on your morning. I haven't had a good morning, really, because I didn't have a good sleep last night. I've had problems with the prostate gland. Any of the guys out there over 40, you can get, like, a a swollen prostate gland when you get older. Now, one of the reasons for this, you won't believe this, it's quite funny, is supposed to be because you haven't had enough sex in your life, so your prostate gland gets cl- clogged up with fucking semen. So I thought, well, I'm not going to cure myself, jacking myself up all over the fucking house. But it can be very painful, and yeah. sometimes at night you get what you call frequency, where you're running the toilet all the time, you're weeing all the time, so you can't get to sleep. So I get to sleep anyway late. But last night you got to sleep about four o'clock.
0: Fucking, that's heavy. A there.
1: bit pain, bit of pain. I Woke up, I felt okay. Felt a bit lousy. Went up to my goal for my breakfast with my mate, Young Dave. Uh, he was a star in his own right. Young Dave he got his own fan club. Um, Young Dave, he looks like um David <laughs> Cassidy. He looks like what do you mean? He looks like David
0: Cassidy. Anyone know who that knows that David
1: is? Cassidy, but he, we call him Young Dave. He's like David Cassidy without the hair. So. uh so you went for breakfast, what you I went eat? Went for breakfast, I got scrambled egg on toast. Only one piece. Now Will tell you, it's very strange this, it's, it's a miracle really I'm alive because I don't eat any food, do I? No. How he, much, tell him Will, how much do I eat? I reckon,
0: yeah but he'll say that he won't eat anything and then go out for a big huge chippy like at like nine o'clock at night or something. But I reckon an average day you'll have the tiniest breakfast I've ever seen anyone eat, a latte. You might have another latte later on and then get some crisps
1: and a sandwich like at like 10 o'clock at night. Is I've that That's correct. Like... I've given up on the chippy. I never go to the chippy anymore. I've yeah. lost weight. and wanted to lose a bit of weight. What I normally do, um, if you want to know the truth, I'll tell you the truth. I'll have scrambled egg on toast in the morning. At night, I'll have a sandwich. I'll go out to the garage and I'll get a cheese sandwich and a package of crisps. And then I'll go to my mate, Jimmy Price's the boxer, and normally Jimmy's kind of like very hospitable. And he always gives you loads of coffee and loads of biscuits. So that'll, that does me for the day. I don't really have any proper meals. Like people sit there having a fucking big thing that was like a Christmas dinner. I don't do that. Yeah, I was FaceTiming you last night when I had a huge roast. Will have this big <laughs> roast. I felt a bit jealous. Made me feel a bit hungry. But I'm not into like big fucking Sunday dinners and things. Um, so yeah, basically Frank's been out his breakfast. I was editing the
0: vlog this morning and then I was showing it to Frank. So the vlog will have gone out by the time this podcast goes out. The Blackpool vlog. um, It's of when we went to Blackpool on the 29th of November, 2019. I just want to roll back first of all, though, to the Carlisle vlog last week. Obviously, we did a podcast discussing the whole thing. Since then, Kilvo, who's the support comedian for us, James Kilvington, has had a clip from that video that's gone viral. It's half a million views in a day tell me first of all did you know that was going to go viral or did you I a had feeling? a
1: feeling it could be if you clipped it from the main vlog um, we've spoken about this last night and a couple of times and you'll see it on the Carlisle vlog the Carlisle crowd are a little bit rough they were great people but one section of the crowd on this table with these lads that were kicking off I knew straight away as soon as I went in they were going to kick off so i warned Jimmy he was on first he was ready for him but a fella came on stage trying to grab his ears was pulling his ears and we're going round in a circle and Jimmy was shouting to the crowd Do you want me to fill him in and he's a good lad Jimmy's he's Andy lad he's an ex-boxer great boxer and he was gonna chin this fella gonna knock him out so the way it was the tension and it turned out it was funny in the end it kind of like became very watchable and very
0: addictive why do you think people uh why do you think it's being shared so much why do you think people it's being
1: shared so much it's like why my original video went viral these days people's people want to see things which are on the verge of kind of kicking off into a fight or into trouble if you just stand there with the mic telling gags, there's thousands of comedians are doing that. So you're not really getting people's adrenaline going. You're not getting them interested to the extent where they go, well, what's gonna happen now? Yeah. What happens now? What happens now? But luckily enough on all my shows, if it's not me, that's kind of like on the brink of having a fight with the crowd, it's Jimmy Kilvo because of the material I do, yeah. because of pick on people and Jimmy's the same, he's savaging people the same as me. So if you get someone that's had a line of coke, or they're just a narc anyway, they may very well kick off. And although it's dangerous, it could end up in blood and guts everywhere. More often than not, it just ends up with a little scuffle, which looks
0: great on camera. Yeah, so half a million views already in, I think it was a day, put the video out. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And next vlog, Blackpool vlog, will have already gone out by the time this podcast released. So big thanks to anyone who's watched that. If you haven't watched it, it's going to be on YouTube, it's going to be on Facebook, it's going to be on every platform. Right now, um, let's run back to the actual vlog that we've just watched. Yeah. The event itself.
1: Tell us what you thought of it when you watched it back. You watched it once, first time. I thought it was great, really, and uh, and it's a strange thing, you know. People I've got a mate called George. He's our driver. He's your mate as well. He takes us down to uh, he takes us down to, down south in his van when we do long runs, and he's a great lad and everything. We had a laugh with him on the Norwich vlog, when we went into uh, Greg's, which is another story in Luton. But George, he's always saying things which are fucking rubbish, which aren't true. Like he rang me last night. He said, you'll be working next week. I said, why? He said, they're gonna lift all the restrictions on comedians next Monday. Just not fucking true. (laughs) just rubbish. So he comes out with these things. And then he came out, he said, oh, you're on the central pier next week in Blackpool. I said, yeah. He said, well, it's hard to get to. You have to walk about a mile down the pier through an amusement arcade. And we didn't. You don't even have to do that, no. You don't have to do it. Then he said, then you've got to walk through this pub called the Merry England. The Merry England's fucking miles <laughs> away from the place. So I don't know why he makes things up. George, stop making things up, mate. So
0: yeah, we um, started the Blackpool vlog. Me and Frank are driving down. You'd forgot the wristbands. Obviously,
1: I was subtly having a dig at you. In we the, like, had wristbands the other night. Was it up at Bradford the other night? The, the night before we were at... We had been to Carlisle. I'd left the wristbands in your car. Yeah, well, I couldn't find them, these different coloured wristbands. You took everything out of the car. And gave I the took rugs. everything out of the car because round here, I'll be honest with you, I've been burgled three times here. It's You've got to be very careful. Certain parts of Liverpool and any major city, really, in the UK... You can be burgled, and this is a bad burglary hotspot. I mean, I'm not being funny, while we're speaking, someone might try and get in now, but be careful. Um, So I didn't want to leave anything valuable in the car in case the car went, or it got pinched out the car. So I put everything under the stairs in this cupboard, and I just couldn't find the fucking wristbands. But we found them the next day. You found them the next day, yeah, they'd been here. But anyway, Kilvo had been... At an office
0: show in the afternoon. Basically, what had happened was our mate Ali, yeah, who owns the Keyside Exchange in Sunderland. Someone had been in touch with him from yeah, and basically asked if you would do a show. First of all, if Frank would do a show on this office show, for <laughs> and I was like, "Nah, it's not, it's not our vibe." Like, you don't want to put Frankie Allen in the middle of an office show. Anyway, he got in touch with Kilvo. Kilvo goes to this fucking office in the middle of it. <laughs> in the middle of an office first of all you know I can see your face looking at me thinking like have you ever done shows like that before
1: well I've done thousands of shows especially these people who kind of break up at Christmas from the office they literally haven't been out all year because they're the kind of people who all are doing is saving every fucking penny in the bank to pay the mortgage on a huge house and on the car leasing the car sending the kids to private school, so they'd never have any disposable income, so they never go out. So when they come out once a year at Christmas, uh, you, you have a bad time with them because they're very critical. You know, they look like, make me laugh, make me laugh. They only belong this, to them. This was in an actual office, though, you know? Yeah, I've done it. I've done working yeah. offices. You know, working offices in canteens and kind of like marquees. They're just bad people and not a good crowd. The snobs are looking down the nose at you, probably because they knew Jimmy was a smoggy from Middlesbrough, a working class lad. Probably because when he opened his mouth, he had a bit of an accent, and they probably knew he, they, he didn't agree with them politically. And they go, he, and if anything at all that he said, he was shouting out. This girl was in there, he yeah, said. Yeah, racist, sexist, misogynist. And I won't do for those bastards anymore, that kind of crowd. I just tell them to fuck off. are just <laughs> this, fucking dickheads. He said this girl
0: was in there, yeah, and um, she. he said she had a big pair of headphones on, like ones that I've got on Yeah.
1: Now.
0: He said, and he went, fucking hell, love, you come to a comedy show with a pair of Dre beats on, right? So then he said everyone started laughing. He said, but people were like looking around. And he said, I was thinking, what the fucking hell? Like, I was only having a bit of a laugh. He said, then this woman phoned him and said, Excuse me, James, um, we've had a complaint. The girl, you said, had drebeat headphones on. She's deaf. Yeah
1: she's, yeah, she's got a hearing complaint, so she has to wear them. But didn't some twat complain to the fucking police because he said something? No. On one show? No. Oh, I thought he did. No, no, no. It was another one, something that he did, or they, they, they wrote him a letter, don't you remember? Oh, yeah. They wrote him a yeah, fucking yeah. letter. This fucking scrubber in this club somewhere... Uh, Up in the northeast, Jimmy was on, Jimmy Kilbo, doing his thing. Some some bird, meatloaf. He just called a bird, fucking meatloaf. What a bit of fucking, like a stupid little silly, innocuous, funny remark. Yeah. And the bird went, Oh, my daughter's (laughs) profoundly disabled. And Jimmy said, I'm not talking about your daughter, love. Talking about just doing this thing about meatloaf. And she went, I'll get the police, I'll get the police. Fucking dickheads.
0: Yeah, so he, he, yeah, he had to take the video down. I think he had to
1: take the fucking video down because this fucking scrub moaning about a fucking daughter or something. <laughs> fucking pricks. Anyway, goes to Blackpool. There's no arcade there whatsoever.
0: George was just talking a load of nonsense on there. There was no
1: fucking. fruit. We didn't have to like climb over fruit machines to get into the venue. The, the, the fucking arcade was somewhere else. So it goes into this
0: venue. It's really, really nice. Well set up. We've done a bit of a rearrangement on the chairs, so it was much better.
1: The actual show itself, tell us about it. The show itself in the room, it, you know, it filled up. We got lads coming down from Fleetwood, and Fleetwood and Blackpool got a bit of rivalry together, friendly rivalry over the football. So that made it more kind of like, bit more energy into the room. There was quite a few women, the birds there that night. So I I, I, had to go, I, had to go with the birds, savage the birds. And they were a fantastic crowd. Yeah, it was great. Um, And backstage... You were laughing on the video, just gone. I was laughing on the video because for some reason when Kilvo and Will get together, probably because they're the same age, they try and pick on me in the dressing room. I was just sitting there doing fuck all. The next thing is Will found this kind of like, you know, one of these polystyrene heads that you put wigs on in the hairdressers, like a fucking mummy, you know, whatever you call it. A fucking blow up fucking thing or whatever it was. And he put it next to me. He said, oh, here's your double, here's your double. Then Kilbo started kicking off on camera saying, look at the bulge on him. Look at the bulge on him. Look at, you know. I haven't got, I've got a fucking <laughs> big bulge.
0: He said, uh, <laughs> he said, because obviously I was captioning it, yeah. Right. So I phoned him. I said, "Kilvo, what does it mean when you say, look at the root on him? And he went. The fucking root. He went, like, like a big
1: fucking root, like a celery. Like a celery. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, well, look, I looked at the camera. It's just me pants. Your pants fucking ride up a little bit when you're sitting down. I didn't have a fucking hard on. I didn't have a fucking whatever it was, a dildo or some fucking... bulge. I haven't got a big bulge. (laughs) Fucking hilarious.
0: Anyway, the show itself, there was a fella at the front. He had a big mad afro, white fella. Oh, yeah. Yeah. and he was taking it really well, wasn't he? So you just kept hammering him.
1: He was a good lad. I mean, a lot of people, you know, you can have a go at him and he just laughed like fucking hell. You know, I think a lot of places now have got to the stage where they're fed up of all like, don't laugh, you can't laugh at him or don't pick on him, he's only got one ear or don't say anything to him because his dad died 15 years ago in a car crash So don't mention cars. And you've got people like walking around, you've got these cranks now walking around Saying you can't pick on, like, uh, you can't mention inanimate, fucking, all. you can't mention a tree. Don't mention trees.
0: What's the weirdest one anyone's ever said to so you talking about people saying, oh, so and so's dad died in a car crash like 20 years ago or whatever? Has anyone said anything like that before the show? You can't say X, X, and X?
1: Yeah, well, I've had loads of that. You know, I've had loads of people. I've had this fucking woman in Manchester. We were doing this show one night. And it was a comedian show. There's me and three other comedians on. Mm. And uh, I went on. And I said something about uh, a joke about uh, my son was in school last week. And this woman went, nah, Why? Why? And I just screaming, and fucking howling, crying. So then another fella kicked off. Why did you mention the school? do the fucking joke. Yeah. So she got dragged out by the security and this fucking fella got sent. As it turned out, all right, the son had died 10 years before and he died in school. What the fuck has that got to do with me? So this fucking... How, why did he mention school... So it's got to the stage now with this PC thing. So fucking ridiculous! Yeah. You've got to be so careful. You're walking on eggshells. The the amount of things that you can say now, without getting fucking put in court for, against the things you can say, it's like you, the amount of things you can't say outnumbers them. So it's going to reach a stage if this carries on, where you'll you'll have to walk on stage and go, "Good evening, um, hello, uh, ah." and you you won't be able to say anything at all, because someone will say, you're being offensive to a man with, with dark hair. Yeah. Or you're being, a app- how dare you say something to my son? How dare you say that he's got two legs?
0: Yeah, it's just when there's- This is anything. offensive
1: to people who've got three legs. It's just fucking ridiculous. And the sooner we get back to the way it used to be, where you can go on stage, just have a laugh, no one takes offense, the better but people want that now we're going all over the uk people want to be picked on they think it's funny i picked on this bird in stoke i walked out and i said fucking hell look at this ugly bird you're fucking ugly aren't you she was crying laughing yeah. just a fucking laugh mm. so anyway
0: show is brilliant vlog turns out brilliant in the end Kilvo shut off we uh we actually invited Ian Gibbo backstage,
1: who's a big fan of yours. Ian Gibbo's a big fan. He came backstage with his missus. He's a good lad. and uh, You get a lot of that, don't you? Really diehard fans. You get diehard fans for some reason. We've got quite a lot of them. People who just think you're the beast's knees and really see where you're coming from and appreciate the style of comedy that you're doing and you're trying to do.
0: Nice one. So, ended up as a really good vlog. Go check it out if you haven't already. And really, really good. Like, I mean, the comments, the shares, the engagements, everything that we've been getting lately, the, sl- lo- the videos are just flying. But what I wanted to ask you about is we've been getting loads of trolls. Trolls?
1: I was Scottish. You just took the words out of my mouth. Go on. Will Cranny here, my son, my manager, my mentor, <laughs> advisor, whatever you want to call him. Go on. And he's very funny when we do the lives, when we do the podcasts. People, most people comment and people have said to me off stage, and off camera, you know, people have meet, your lad's brilliant, he's dead funny, and he's an handsome kid, all the girls that have, all this stuff, you know, they put him on a pedestal, and he's dead popular. But now we've got like trolls coming on. This guy came on and said, why are you on this fucking video with your dad? <laughs> You're a talentless twat. Yeah, he said, uh...
0: anyway, basically what we were trying to say was, Look, it's very obvious that Frank's polarising. Like, you know, that's why he's got such a diehard fan base and that's why he's yeah. got as many fans as he has. I'm not very polarizing. I'm quite like,
1: you know... Bill's very diplomatic. Quite, quite you know, chilled. you're not gonna get fucking, you know, the literary and debating society from Oxford University coming to see me. But people get an idea of you just because you're a bit loud. You pick on people. The PC thing fucking hate yet because they want you to be walking round like cowed down what can i say today can you give me permission to say something yeah yeah but will's very diplomatic he doesn't kind of walk a tight rope he's just himself, and he's a laugh he's a good laugh (laughs) he's a great lad so to people to pick on him it's just off the wall yeah well i think that's a testament to what we've grown
0: you know what i mean it's like that's why i was laughing yesterday i was like if people are starting to troll me now that means that... Like, you must be making it big
1: and getting famous. Yeah. If people are picking on... and in it, I mean, people pick on me. I savage people. Yeah. I call people who are in the crowd. Yeah. So, I deserve people to have a go at me back and I relish it. Yeah. I want people to echo me. I love it. I want people to kick off in the crowd yeah. saying I'll fucking do you in. I, I love... The more people can echo me, the better. Yeah. The more people that control me, the better. But I don't get it. Nobody trolls me. I've had nobody, Frankie. You're like you're over the top. Nah, this, you the... Had,
0: you've had loads of trolls. Yeah, I? I just banned them all.
1: Yeah, but you you haven't told me.
0: I've got it. You know why? Because we're gonna do. A, I, I thought we'd do a podcast on it. Yeah, I tell you what. What we'll
1: do now. Why don't, we, yeah. why don't we read some of them out. I. This is true. This this isn't a setup. I never knew anyone had trolled me. Yeah, do you want me to read some of Go on. Go
0: on, give me two secs. We'll just pause this podcast for a second. Well, we don't have to pause, or I can carry on talking if you want. Go on,
1: go on. Yeah, I mean, I'm very sensitive. I never thought I had any more trolls who were, like, stalking me on my case and trying to give me a bit of stick. I wouldn't say they were trolls. They're more just, like, they're just whoppers that... The, the
0: comment like weird stuff yeah look let, I'll just read you some out of them go on there's 44 that I've got here. fucking I will go on right okay. no uh, I never knew this. okay um let's let's read some of these out uh, first of all, this is from a guy called Ollie O'Neill. He says, "You're the most horrible thing I've seen and heard in years English prick." Hard man with a mic. Get cancer, you prick. What? Yeah, yeah. English prick. Yeah. Where's he from? I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's see what else we got.
1: English fucking prick.
0: <laughs> it's mad, that not it? Yeah. This is from Neocolis Papacosta. Yeah, I was hoping to hear some jokes in this, but it was just a very lot of mild insults to the... Sorry, a lot of very mild insults to the audience. Probably outrageous and hilarious. If you were born in 1939,
1: I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it's just, it's. it's I thought to say I'm dated kind of thing, yeah. Oh, this is class. Somebody said,
0: What a prick sounds like canned laughter. <laughs> oh, fuck off. What a dickhead. <laughs> this is the best. I love this one. When does the comedian come on?
1: Well, that when, the, when does the comedian remark come yeah. on? It's been shouted thousands of times. You all shout it in Liverpool. Um, not funny pure rubbish comic
0: cheap low life rubbish a one pound comic Fucking he's happy. hilarious has no cunt ever said grim
1: what the <laughs> fuck anymore
0: I'm trying to find funny ones because they're all just rubbish aren't they um, it's like he's still waiting for 1980 for fuck's sake yeah uh, what else we got here about as funny as a kidney infection. Um, the only joke is on him. Um, oh, sorry, this is the one about me. This is class. Okay. Loved this bloke 12 months ago, but bored of the vlog and his annoying, talentless son
1: banging on about nothing, ruining Frankie's undoubted talent. <laughs> well, I agree with that one. <laughs> that one I agree with. He's ruining my undoubted talent. That's hilarious, that's hilarious. So uh, look,
0: this is what I want to ask. Why the fucking hell do you think people are trolling?
1: What what I don't what know and I'm very surprised, obviously. Will tell you I'm very sensitive to any criticism I'm off stage and it worries me, you know. I always think, oh, I don't want to get a bad name and you know, the world of comedy, I love the world of comedy. So I didn't think I was getting trolled. I didn't think we'd come at people calling me an English prick, what does that fucking mean? Fucking twat. I hope I bump into him because I'll give him a good eye. <laughs> I'll just knock fuck out of him whoever he is, the cunt. So if you're watching this, mate, the fella call me English prick. Meet me somewhere. I'll pull, take my shirt off and I'll knock fuck out of you. <laughs> um, horrible cunt. We were talking earlier though because Kilvo rang, yeah, and he was like, he was like, well, I'm getting
0: trolled left, right and centre because this video has gone viral. And he was like, fucking hell, like, why, why would you troll someone? Like, what's the point? I was like, I've got no idea, mate. And he said to me, Dad, like, have you ever heard the trolls before Facebook and
1: all that? And you, I explain, did hear the trolls, and the thing is... You were explaining about Mickey Finn and that... Mickey Finn, a good mate of mine, a comedian. He was getting trolled by people. But what he used to get kind of like, heckled a lot in the clubs, uh, people who can't... But he was very clever, Mickey He used to come off stage and he'd make a beeline for whoever had been heckling him during the hour he was on stage. And he used to say, what's your name? Give me a name and give me an address because... And you think you were doing well. And the guy guy goes, yeah, you know, I was joining in with you. It it helped it out. It helped. It helped you. I think it helped you tonight. So Mickey said, well, yeah, you helped me by ruining me act. So what I'm going to do, you can come round the clubs with me and you can go on first before I come on. And then because you didn't think I was any good, we'll see how you make the audience laugh. Mm. And obviously the fella just went to pieces. But people criticise like that and there's nothing they can do. That guy that was criticising me, can he go on a stage in front of thousand of people? He'll just be a fucking dickhead who's like an insurance salesman or something like a prick, or like a <laughs> So
0: yeah, not to end there on talking about trolls. We want to kind of lighten the vibe a little bit. And also, I mean, we, we're giving a lot of air time to these trolls right now, which they don't deserve. But 99.9% of people following the vlogs, following the podcast, following your stuff, and enjoying it are really really good people and they're really be being loving it so I'd like to give you know them a little bit of, of a thank you from myself first of all okay and um what, what I was curious to ask you was obviously this coronavirus situation if you weren't in a position where you had a fan base and okay. you were able to put out live videos and stuff like that you, you kind of would have been in, in a much worse mental state than you are now I suppose is that right
1: well, yeah, I mean, I love entertaining and obviously we can't entertain. We can't go on stage at the moment the way things are. So I've got an audience when we do the live broadcast, when we do the podcasts. I can look forward to kind of getting in the studio kind of thing and speaking on the mic and letting people hear my voice and, you know, tell a couple of gags, be funny. But generally it doesn't matter if you're telling a gag or you're being serious. People are listening to me and uh, it's I'm still entertaining. You're entertaining them. You've got a great kind of double act together. It was fantastic. And it's really kind of stopped me. It's kept me sane, really. It's stopped me going out to my fucking head, you know, because it is a lot of people out there, maybe like me, people who are kind of uh, very, very easily bored. A lot of people don't mind. You can just watch the TV and read a few magazines, get through the day. But I find it very hard. <laughs> this is what get,
0: we're always laughing because we are Getting through late. the day because I just don't know what the fuck to do. We're, we're total opposites in that way. I, I could not be bored. Even if I was, like, on a desert island, I would be bored. But you get bored easily, don't you?
1: I get bored. I need things to do. I need people to speak to. And when there's just absolutely nothing to do except watch the fucking weather on the news, you know, what? Can, it's fucking horrible. So when we were working two, three nights a week, and as I've said before, we're travelling down to gigs, going the day before, staying in hotels, getting your suits out to the cleaners, cleaning your car, putting petrol in your car. So your whole week is caught up with being... On the stage, being a comedian and working on gigs. Yeah. When that's taken away from you, you're left with virtually nothing. Yeah, but what I would like to say a big thank you to everyone who's been
0: following Frank Jordan this period and myself. But it's really, really kept my dad's spirits up. And you know, to be honest with you, because we live such different lives, and you are really, really invested in the stage business. It's kind of like, as you said, it's really, really kept you going. And we've had loads of lovely comments, haven't we, from people? We've had a
1: lot of good comments from people. I think people appreciate that we're trying to kind of like, even though it's against all odds, you know, we're still trying to entertain people when we're not getting any, making any money, we're not getting paid for doing it, we're not kind of like getting any accolades from anybody, we're not getting the government saying all that, we're just doing it because we know there's people out there in the same boat as us, people who are fed up, and the live broadcast we've been doing have been fantastic, people really look forward to the hour, we used to do it three times a week, now we're doing it once a week, to the time that they spend talking to us, and some people have come on like it's heartbreaking. One guy came on saying I was very, very depressed during the lockdown. I was thinking of taking my own life. I've had a few mental problems, but speaking to you and seeing the funny side of things with you and Will has really cheered me up no end. And I've got a bit more. I've gone a bit more kind of optimistic about things. So if we think we're helping people in any way, that'll give me kind of job satisfaction.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. But obviously, from uh, from our angle. I mean, I say this to you all the time, but like on the Blackpool vlog, it was quite kind of like obvious. You were sat there after the show. Everyone was pure applauding. There was like standing ovation, all the rest of it. And you were sat in the back and I said, has it sunk in yet? And this is like what, like two years on? And you're like, nah, not really. Like I can't believe people are buying tickets. This all feels a bit weird.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm like, it still hasn't sunk in. I mean, to be honest with you, most days when I go out, um, like last week it was four days on the run people were coming after me in cars beeping the horn yeah. shouting Frankie Frankie I told you Saturday night when I went to pick you up he was out in town with his girlfriend picked him up about one, one o'clock whatever it was in the morning yeah. and uh, there's a van went past all these lads are hanging out showing go on Frankie go ahead Frankie lad all that you know so it takes a bit to get used to I'm
0: still not used to it it's just strange yeah 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 so uh, right tell everyone about what your week's
1: consisting of this week and Basically, this is how I, and this is a good... People, you want to watch this because this is a good kind of... Uh, good, you could take this on board. It might improve your situation during the lockdown. Oh. Just So basically, this is it. M- Monday, which was yesterday, i done uh, fuck all. Today, I will be doing fuck all. Fuck all on Wednesday, Thursday or Friday... On Saturday, I will be doing fuck and just for a change, on Sunday, I will be doing fuck all. <laughs> nice one. So, uh, so obviously, I
0: just want to get back to work. There you go. So, I mean, I'm, and a lot of people actually on the Facebook have been saying that they want to play me on FIFA because they're bored out of their mind. So, if you want to play me on FIFA, my username will be in the description. But it's Will Cranny. W I L L C R A N N Y. You can get me on Instagram or whatever you want. Send me a message. I'll play you on FIFA. And
1: they've been saying, because I will never go on with them, willie. Really, they're always saying, Frank. They're always moaning, saying, Will, you promised you'd come on FIFA last week and play me. You still won't play me. I so, think some of them have been a bit kind of like taking it to heart, saying you're trying to be big time <laughs> because you're on the podcast. But it's not like that at all. <laughs> it's just that you've been a bit busy, haven't you? Really? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But I've,
0: I've, got a, I've got a bit of spare time this week. So if anyone wants to play me on FIFA, get me on the social media or whatever, and let's have a game. So, Frank, tell us. What's happening? Are
1: you looking? Are you dying to get back to work? I'm dying to get back to work. If we don't get back to work soon, I'll die because we're just fucking fed up. Um, All my money's going to run out soon. I'll end up in the car wash, washing cars. I mean, it's getting beyond the fucking joke where we thought it was going to last two months, three months, four months. Everyone's gone back to work now except fucking singers and comedians. So I've no idea why they've got a kind of like a grudge against comedians and singers. They're saying something about projectile spittle and... Can, no, we're miles away from a crowd. Even in a pub, you're like 10 yards away from a crowd of people. So it's... And you've got the mic in front of you, which is like taking some of your... You kind of like... If you've got the... It's just ridiculous. We just want to get back to work. And I know there's a few campaigns going at the moment on behalf of actors and, uh, you know, dramas, students, whatever, people, comedians and singers and groups. We want to get back to work. I mean, I went out... My mate's got a club up in uh, Ainsley, the oldie, Stevie, U's good lad. He's a great entertainer himself, fantastic singer. And Benjamin's uh, a club not allowed to have music on. It's fucking yeah. strange. How can we, what, How can music, like a DJ, or how can you have like a record on? How is that causing the virus? Well, basically what they're saying is
0: people will be closer to each other because they'll have to talk at close proximity due to the fact that the music will be
1: loud. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Well, keep the fucking music on, like, low down. Yeah, you're allowed to do that. Like, oh, you're allowed think, to do yeah, that? I think you're allowed to play music, like very, music
0: very lowly.
1: It's just getting to the stage, it's ridiculous. And uh, I just wanted all to... I mean, I thought... When I thought, well, a couple of months off, that'll be great. You know, you'd be able to kind of like go on day, relax. Little did I know you would be able to fly, uh, relax a little bit, get yourself together, do a bit of work on your house. But it's just gone on and on. We haven't worked since March. It's nearly fucking August. It's just getting ridiculous. So if you're watching this, Boris, get us back to work, mate.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, as I said earlier, if you do want to come to a show... All the links for the shows coming up will be in the description. We're talking everywhere from Kent to Cardiff to Swindon. And if there's anywhere you'd like us to come, please just comment on this video or below in the comments on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Send us a message on Facebook, Twitter. Tell us where you want us to come. We'll book a venue and we'll make sure that we get to your city or town once this lockdown's lifted. We want to go everywhere, don't we?
1: We want to go everywhere and anywhere. And hopefully... um once the lockdown's lifted there may be a bit of a surge in bookings people want to see the show so i mean if it was up to me i'd work every night of the week i just love working so hopefully we'll be working at least twice three times a week so uh, just keep your fingers crossed and hope the restrictions get lifted there's going to be an announcement made today so let's just see what he says
0: nice one so listen big thanks to everyone who's listened Uh, If you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, leave us a little review. Tell us what you thought of the podcast. Really appreciate it. Get it shared on your social media. And
1: big thanks to Will as our kind of like presenter today, interviewer, and their heart drop to the birds. Eye candy, somebody called him the other night. (laughs) And and also
0: talentless (laughs) banging on about nothing.
1: Talentless, they called him, and he's not. He's a very talented guy. (laughs) So thanks to our Will for uh, (laughs) organising everything and doing all the hard work today nice one if you haven't checked out the blackpool vlog that'll be out now if
0: you are not subscribed to the youtube channel get yourself subscribed fellas don't you think they should get themselves subscribed get on it! get subscribed click that button and help us out come on all the support sent our way is really really appreciated but big big thank you to everyone who's listening to everyone who is watching all the best we'll see you soon thank you